we go. You guys have a good day. You guys ready for a sermon tonight? You guys sound more ready than I am. <laughs> All right. We're going to be in Genesis 21. A.W. Tozer once said that the, the devil, things, and people being what they are, it is necessary for God to use the hammer, the files, the furnace, and his holy work of preparing a saint for true sainthood. It is, it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he hurts him deeply. That's pretty good. Yeah, I thought so. So this evening, I left here uh, after the, they said, hey, no children's program. I text Paul last night and I said, hey, it's a possibility, no children's program uh, tomorrow night. Everyone is sick and uh, I'm traveling. Right, I'm not ready either. So uh, God's given me a whole new light of in season and out of season. You better be ready. So this evening, I want to talk about God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness. And uh, we all know that God is good all the time. All the time. And, and <laughs> that's right. And, and in Genesis 21, to get you up to speed, uh, I, I've read over this passage uh, several times. And I believe uh, God's only directed me here to preach one time. And uh, the, I, I miss so much. And every time I get back in this, this text, I see something, something different. But at this point in Genesis, Abraham has bore two sons by two different women. And because Sarah had never conceived, she, they got impatient. They got tired of waiting on the Lord. The Lord hadn't given her a son yet. So she gave Abraham her maidservant, Hagar. And she bore Ishmael. And then the Lord visited Sarah in her old age and opened her womb, and she bore Abraham a son named Isaac. And, and Isaac was to be the one who God would, would give Abraham a blessed nation through. So we'll pick up the reading in chapter 21. Um, I believe in, I think I told Michael verse 10. Yep, verse 10. Y'all there? Well, stand up and wake up a little bit. Y'all are starting to die on me, and I just started talking. I know I'm getting boring here, but here, here we go. Verse 10, it says, Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out the bondwoman and, and her son, for the son of this bondwoman should not be the heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son and the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the, the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under the shrubs. And she went and sat down across from him, a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite of him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad, and then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? 
Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. And then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and become an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took his a wife for him from the land of Egypt. As you're being seated, let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight to, to open your word. Father, I pray that you uh, just uh, loose me and you be with my, my nerves, just cast them off of me, and you just speak through me the message tonight. And we ask you to your name. Amen. My throat started getting sore tonight. Yeah, bad news, Mom. Right? Maybe getting the man cold up here. <laughs> and just so you guys don't, don't start taking this way out of context, I've heard this today. Look at verse 12. That, so I just want to give you a, a warning already. It says, <laughs> displeasing to go back in. Whatever Sarah has said, you listen. Okay, women, don't be, I've seen a light bulb go off whenever I got to that verse, Paul. I was like, yeah, these women are going to go back. See, verse 12 says, whatever I say, you listen. No, that's taking, taking everything back out of context. So anyway, let's get back to the, the context. If you read this, it kind of seems the, depressing if you just look on the surface you know, you won't see really the goodness of God in the story working, but if you will, will dive deeper, I think you'll see point number one, that God does what is good. God does what is good. You, you say, how is seeing, uh, sending your son and, and his mother into the desert a good thing? How is that? We have to remember the promise that God uh, give to Abraham back in Genesis 12. Remember uh, that God acts according to the precepts of his promises and his principle, his word, not ours. So in Genesis 12, he says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land which I show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who, who bless you, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen, fast forward to Genesis 17, listen to what he says. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offsprings. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, and behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. And he shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall, shall bear to you at this next time of year. So God had made a covenant with Abraham, and he intended to keep his promise. So think about it like this. I've never seen this the first time. If God had allowed the promised Messiah to be born through the, the slave, the child of Ishmael's, then we would all be slaves today. You ever seen that? Then we would all be slaves. We would be under the law. If you were born of a slave woman or a maidservant, then you yourself were a slave. But listen, praise God, he had another plan. He fulfilled his promise to Abraham and Sarah through Isaac, who was a free man. And now we are free, thanks to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Isaac laid on the altar. 
freely submitting his wife. A willing man. So we can lay our lives down freely as, a, as Romans 12. As living sacrifices for the Lord. Mm. Listen to Galatians. You're still not with me. Galatians 4. In verse 28 through 29 it says, Now you brothers like Isaac are children of promise. But just as at the time he was born according to the flesh, persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So brothers, we are not children of the slave, but we are set free of the free woman. So listen, Hagar represents what? The law. Thank you. The law. And Sarah represents grace. So we have the law and grace. So it's clear that Ishmael represents the believer's birth. So this, the, the birth, the flesh. And Isaac represents the second birth, which is what? Oh, come on, the spirit. So Ishmael was born of the flesh because Abraham had not yet died. What are you saying? I'm saying that he had not yet died. He still was able to have relationships with his, his wife, with woman, okay? So he was not uh, dead yet, all right? So Ishmael was born of the, the flesh because Abraham had not yet died. But Isaac was born of the spirit. Why? Because he was dead. He wasn't able to, to carry seed. He was dead. So God's power brought the birth. Ishmael was, was born first because the natural comes before the spiritual. So uh, look at this. In, in biblical record, God often rejects the firstborn and accepts the second. Think about Cain and Abel, Esau and Jacob, Egypt and, and all the firstborn. And the Lord had Abraham send Hagar and Ishmael so that we could be accepted into God's kingdom. Hmm? Number two. Hey, Mom, did I have a cough drop? God overrules evil and brings it for good. Thank you. God overrules evil and brings it for good. Sarah was wrong when she told Abraham to, to marry Hagar, but she was right when she told Abraham to send Hagar and his son out, out of the camp. Think about it like this. It could have gone several different ways. See, Isaac could have been sent away, but that would mean for us rejecting the promise of God. So we would be rejecting God's plan, the future. It could have went another way. Isaac and Ishmael could have lived together, but that's the conflict of, of the flesh and the spirit the whole time. Three, Ishmael, he could have, God could have done a, a miraculous miracle and, and transformed him, but he didn't. God said it had to happen this way. The only solution was to send Ishmael and his mother out of the camp to make sure Isaac was the heir. Are y'all with me? Amen. We're going to get some application here in a minute. So if you look at the, the text, God was, was displeased because he was uh, Abraham. Uh, he said, hey, don't be displeased at this because of your son. His, his son at, at this time possibly could have been a teenager, uh, but in verse 12 it said, God said to Abraham, don't let it be displeasing in your sight because the lad of because you're, you're bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has told you, do it. Listen to her voice. For Isaac, your seed shall be called. So God, God sent Hagar into uncharted territory. Has God ever sent you into uncharted territory? 
I feel like I was 2020. <laughs> I feel like I was 2020. Uncharted territory, verse 14 through 17. Look again. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it into her, on her shoulder and gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. And then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water of the skid was used up and she placed the boy under the shrubs. And she went and sat down across from him at a distance and about a bow shot. For she said to her herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she ate, uh, sat opposite of him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And then the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. So listen, even though Hagar was a slave, she had never wanted for anything. See, she had always been taken care of. She was in the camp of, of Abraham. But now, it's different. Now she's in, in the wilderness. Now she's in, in, in hard times, man. Don't have, don't, all the water's dried up. Her baby boy's suffering. She's crying out, hey, don't let me see him die. She's exhausted. He had put her in this situation. And she'd never been there before. She didn't know what to do. Listen, I believe God does the same thing with us today. For the same reason. God afflicts us to get us back where we belong. You say, what? Psalm 119 verse 67 says this. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. So you notice that in the text, Hagar wasn't the one who cried out to God. It was Ishmael. So it appears that she was focused on her situation versus focusing on God and all that he had provided for her. See, it's a reminder. Hey, it wasn't Abraham who was taking care of you and blessing you. Who do you think gave Abraham those things? It's I. So it's a, a reminder. It, I'm the Lord. All she could think about was the skin, the water that she had to, to give to her boy, her child. It was gone. Now what? Now what? I spoke with a, uh, a woman several years ago at a little church we went down on Weaver Pike. Uh, I, I think we only had one kid then, so a little while ago. So I spoke to her, and, and God had put, um, allowed her health to turn uh, pretty bad. She had been in the hospital for 71 days. 71 days, flat on her back. She says she laid there in the hospital night after night, and she, she couldn't do it no more. She said the conviction was so heavy after all these years, she finally had to call out to God when she's flat on her back to save her. God had put her in a situation she had never been in. Why? God will get you back where you need to be so that he can show you that he is faithful and merciful. 71 days. Listen, I'm talking about a lady... Uh, to, to Brian's message this morning. This is a lady that was in Sunday school. This, her husband was a deacon. She was in church Wednesday and Sunday, outreach programs. God telling her, take off the mask, man. It's time to get real. And she had to, he had to get her flat on her back to realize, hey, it's not you. It's all about me. So God also afflicts us to, to teach us 
important life lessons that, so that we can share with others. Psalm 119, verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. So God sent water to Hagar to, to intercede on her behalf when he heard the cries of Ishmael. What a testimony Hagar could go and tell. To tell how God had been faithful to see them through. All the people that she was going to be coming in contact with. The same as the, the lady I'm talking about for, for 71 days. And how God worked through her life. So it, it's good for a, a affliction. But listen. God afflicts us to help us to know he's faithful. Psalm 119 verse 75. Anybody else like Psalms? Paul, I know you like Psalms back there. Listen, if you haven't dove in Psalms, get in the Psalms. It's rich. I know, O Lord, that your judgments are right, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. So listen, even though Hagar probably felt hopeless and lost, that everything was gone, God showed her right up to the time he reminded her that he is faithful. He'll never leave her, nor forsake her. Remember what he told Joshua and Moses, uh, Deuteronomy 31. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with his people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall put them in possessions of it, and it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not, do not fear. You say, Andy, I thought you was talking about discipleship. Hang on, fourth point coming right here. God provides exactly what we need when we need it. 19 through 21. Verse 19, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water. Then what did she do? She gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad and she grew and dwelt in the wilderness and become, and become an archer and then dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took a wife for him from the, the land of, of Egypt. Listen, so often the trials of life come around and we fail to see the provisions that God has for us. The promises that he has made. Listen, we, we tend to do this. Feel me. We, we tend to arms, arms out to receive what we think we need instead of this right here. God opened her eyes. Instead of God allowing God to open our eyes about what content with what we already have more 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 listen he he's given us things listen i think that hagar is a picture of the the multitudes walking around today just wandering around uh, weary thirsty broken blind in despair and, and how we need to tell them how we need to go and tell them that he is the water of life brought me back to the, the Samaritan woman in John. Jesus answered her and says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and if he would have given you living water. The woman said, said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? 
He gave us the well and, and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of, of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not thirst or have to come and draw water again. When you are weary, wandering, thirsty, blind, about to give up, remember Jesus is the living water. We are thirsty in need of something, but Jesus is the only one. We got a reminder of that this morning. In John, he is the only way, the way. He's the only one who can quench the thirst. In John 7, 37, God, God is, is kind and gracious to all who call upon his name. He says this in John 7. He says, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Revelation 22, 17 says, The Spirit and the bride says, Come. And let, let the one who hears say, Come. And the one who is thirsty, Come. And the one who desires to take the water of life without a price. That's what he's given Hagar, a well of water. He quenched the thirst. The pain of suffering, uh, the pain and suffering were both a part of God's eternal plan for Hagar and his, Ishmael. The short term and the long term. So God was using the events to teach them his plan and his faithfulness. God is faithful. Listen, God, God is still faithful today. But sometimes it's involved, church, it's involving of walking through some hard places where we don't, we don't know. Listen, her bottle was empty. And God provided a well. The word well refers to a, a pit or a well that has been dug, and God had dug a well. A well. We're not told uh, when or, or, or what the, the well was dug before Hagar ever stepped foot in the wilderness. But when God opened her eyes, he was letting her know that, hey, I'm providing. I've been the one that's already always taking care of you. I'm your help. You say, well, where's the discipleship in this? Look, he, she had to do three things. She had to draw from the well, right? She had to drink herself. And what'd she do? She had to pass it to her son. Listen, we come in here week after week, and we're drinking from the well. But we have to take it and pass it. We have to take it and pass it. Man, we have, we have the water that quenches the Holy Spirit, we have the gift, but we have to go and share. The well would have not, not been no good to Hagar if she had just looked at it. When she saw the well, she had to, to go to the source that God provided to fill her bottle, to share it with her son. Listen, he didn't give her a new bottle. He didn't say, hey, you need some other means. No, he said, take your bottle, your vessel, and fill it. Fill it with the living water that I provided. 
We're told that, I'm closing, we're told that Hagar and Ishmael remained in the wilderness. God didn't change their location. A lot of times we pray for that, that God take us out of this situation. Hey, it's unbearable. This, this is supposed to be a life of, of promise. Listen, you, you are not ready for the mountaintop if you cannot endure the valley. There's a lot of application in that. You can't handle it. The valley is, is where he's, he's refining us. He's training us. He provided, that, that well was the water that provided every day in the wilderness. Listen, he's providing us every day the living water every day to go and fill ourselves. I want to read this. I've seen this, this illustration, this sermon illustration. It, said, it talked about a, a poor woman from the, the slums of, of London. And she was invited by some friends to, to go to the ocean. She'd never been to the ocean before. When she got to the ocean seen her for the first time she just broke down in tears and he said why are you crying she, she pointed to the ocean she said this is the only thing that I have seen where there was enough it looked endless it's endless listen God will give you a well that is endless that is enough for you that will be your help in time of trouble Another Psalm 80, 84, 6 says this, Who passing through the valley of Baca make it, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Listen, he'll provide for you. Listen, when you're in a, the valley or the, the wilderness, listen, be still. God will provide a well. Cry out to God. Listen, it's all through Scripture. It's all through. God provided a way for all the prophets, the judges, the apostles, the disciples. He continues. He is faithful. So listen, we're going to have a time of closing and prayer and a commission. Listen, God, God's commissioned us to go and tell. You come in here in the house and you fill your vessel. You've got to teach him. Go. Go. He kept telling Hagar that if you go back and look at the text, it says, go. Go. Share the gospel. Tell them what I've done for you. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm closing. Tomorrow, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the word that was taught today. Father, for the ones that could be in here that has never drank of a well before. Father, let them come. Draw them. Let them come. So they may thirst no more. Father, to the, the Christian that's sitting here broken hearted, all dried up. Maybe they're the Elijah that's, that's sitting in the cave and just saying, hey, I'm done. I, I'm over. Let them come and, and, and eat the bread and drink the water. Father, maybe it's the teenage boy that's going out to face the giants and let him come in the name of the Lord of hosts to be the giant slayer. Father, you, we know that you are capable and able and willing to equip us for what we need. Father, let, let us have the assurance in you and you alone. 
Father, in this time of invitation, may we do your work. And Father, may we, we, you draw somebody here right now as this morning to share the gospel so that they may have everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen.